Brandon, one of the founders of Sideline Swap that came on over a year ago, had done uh, had done uh, a small amount of transaction volume, around 400 grand. They're now over $3 million in total transaction volume, of which $2 million has come in the first few months of 2017. They make money by taking 12% of that transaction volume. They have over 15,000 athletes that are selling their old or lightly used gear on their site, amongst other things. Over 23,000 buyers have bought from those 15,000 sellers, growing about 30% month over month in both transaction volume and revenue with their team of 10 scattered throughout the country, but mainly in Boston. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 units sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. This is episode 760. Coming up tomorrow morning, we're gonna learn from Jim Larison. He's raised $63 million with 20% of the top 200 companies use his tool to communicate with employees. So what's the tool and how do you get such big market penetration? Hello, everyone. Uh, today, my guest is Brendan Candon. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Sideline Swap, an online marketplace where athletes buy and sell their sports gear. The company has over 100,000 users, participated in 500 startups, and raised $1.5 million in venture funding. Brendan, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, I am. Let's do it. Awesome, man. So we had you on back about a, almost a year ago, and at that point, you had hit about $2 bucks in revenue. And I'm going to go in here quickly and just repeat some of these numbers. So at that time, you had processed about 400,000 bucks in total kind of transaction volume, I think, between athletes and people buying athletes old gear. Uh, you took a 12% cut at that time when mostly it was from the seller, you know, the athletes selling their goods. And you had about 3,000 sellers, about 6,000 buyers founded in 2015. All that right? Yep. Those numbers sound about right. It's good memory, right? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, re I'm reading that <laughs> off my sheet. I so, was trying to think as you're saying, I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> we've come much further than I, I thought off the top of my head. Yeah. So update us. How's the business? Where, where's it at? Business is good. We've had a great year. Uh, we are looking to do about five to six million in top line sales this year. Uh, we're growing, grew 30% month over month last month. Uh, got a lot of exciting things on the, in the works on the product perspective. We just launched our iOS app. Um, I think we're like two, two and a half, three X, most of the numbers you mentioned. So things are pretty good. And when you say five, you said 5 million in top line sales over the past 12 months, or that's what you'll do in 2017. That's what we'll do in 2017. Um, I don't know the trailing 12 month number off the top of my head, but, uh, we're, we're well over, we're getting close to 2 million year to date. Um, and with the growth that we're on we're we're pretty confident we're gonna hit those numbers and is that help people understand what sideline swap is in case they didn't hear the first episode and tell us what you mean when you say revenue is that transaction volume or is that actually the cut you're taking from all the transaction volume sure so sideline swaps a platform a marketplace platform where athletes can list gear for sale for free uh so any sports equipment new or used and we drive traffic to the website to, uh, you know, for people to buy that stuff. Um, we take a 12% cut. So when our, our top KPI is gross merchandise volume. Um, so we look at how many sales are we driving through the platform? We take a 12% cut of that. That would be our net revenue. 
Okay, got it. So when you tell me you're going to do 5 million in revenue, I should multiply that times about nine to get total no, other way around. Other, other way. way. Okay. So multiply 5 million times 12%. <laughs> Yeah, you're, yeah. you're going, damn, I wish it was those numbers. Yeah, that'd be nice. But I mean, we, uh, I mean, there's a $60 billion industry for sporting goods. Um, so we're just scratching the surface of what, what we could do. Um, so, but you know, we'll have to get to a pretty large volume to, uh, get to the revenue numbers we want to see. Yep. Okay. So just to sum this up, so 2017, you think you'll do about $5 million in transaction volume about halfway through the year, which is today you've already passed about 2 million at your growth rate. Those numbers look pretty accurate. That's right. And then where are you in terms of, so last time we spoke, which is again, about a year ago, you had 3000 sellers on your platform that had sold, you know, call it or listed at least, you know, one piece of their old gear and you had 6,000 buyers. What are those numbers today? For sellers, we're, we're around 15,000 sellers wow. and about 23, 24,000 buyers. That's great. So one of the things I want to focus on in this interview that we didn't touch on last time is kind of the, you know, first off, marketplaces are really freaking tough. I mean, you know this. How how did That's you right. saw, I mean, like, give me the, I'm assuming, like, you're a creative guy. You did some weird shit. You had to have. Otherwise, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be working. Like, what is the weird stuff you did to grow the sellers and the buyers on your platform? Yeah, so I mean, we had to get very um, scrappy to get this off the ground. I mean, it's a two-sided marketplace, so we have to acquire supply through sellers, and we also have to drive traffic, and that has to stay pretty much in line. If you get too much supply, sellers are unhappy because they're not getting enough sales. If you drive too much demand without enough supply, you don't convert on any of those people visiting your website. So uh, the way we got this started, we leverage connect we, we had pretty unique insight into the sporting goods world of where there was un, where there was inventory that was sitting in garages warehouses and equipment rooms so what we did was we went to former college athletes professional athletes and other people in the industry who had accumulated piles of gear uh, over their years of playing in some cases or in some cases they were uh, liquidating college equipment rooms or professional equipment rooms we took that got supply on the site uh, and it was really unique inventory. So think like, uh, like we had Jimmy VC, who's a, on the New York Rangers now, um, sell his college hockey stuff from Harvard. We had uh, like 25% of the former college lacrosse players come on and sell their stuff. Uh, we had a bunch of guys from the U.S. ski team do the same. So we get this highly desirable gear for these guys who were not selling otherwise. And then we drive demand through, um, largely through social media in the beginning. So we were able to do it cheaply. We have 180,000 Instagram followers, close to 70,000 Facebook fans, push this really unique product through social media, through our social media channels and through influencers. And then that drove demand onto the site. Then every athlete owns gear. And so they are able to list their product. They see the value in it they list as well. And that creates this flywheel of supply. So you get the initial supply, you drive demand, the demand turns into supply. And that's what's helped us drive or, or hit these growth rates that we're hitting. So is this I mean, do people use you in terms of buying athletes, like their favorite college athletes equipment? I mean, is it almost like a collectible thing? It's a big buildup like, you know, Jimmy X is about, you know, who's the best lacrosse player at Harvard is about to list his cleats on Monday at three, like, tune in to make sure you can grab them. I mean, is it kind of markety like that? Yeah, there's some of that. So if you look at our Instagram pages, we'll be announcing uh, college and pro. You can only sell after you're completed. You've completed your NCAA career, but once you do, we'll use that type of unique inventory and those types of players. To there is a little bit of a collector component to it. It's about five to ten percent of our marketplace, and the majority of it is the utility of. 
this is a brand this is a hockey stick that you know or hockey skates that cost eight nine hundred dollars i use them for one season i'm selling them for 450 now so most of the items you're purchasing are just general items that are 50 percent off and and are still in good condition um and so that's the main value of the marketplace but from a marketing perspective we also use this unique inventory to get eyeballs onto the site totally and what are you at now you said you're already past two million this year in terms of total transaction volume historically everything since you launched uh process through your platform uh, about three and a half three and a half okay good so i mean so you're really growing fast i mean you've done so you've done if i'm, I'm doing the math in my head you've done 70 percent of your total lifetime transaction volume in the first seven months of 2017 yeah yeah that. interesting and what so uh, what's making kind of the flywheel pick up that kind of growth is it literally i mean are you just incessantly focused on more athletes posting more gear or is it more buyers like what's the key lever you're pulling it's a balance but we think supply is the key driver and so we we focus a lot of time on getting supply onto the site um, but that's a mix of pure marketing of getting, getting the word out about the brand, because we think every athlete's a potential seller and we try to educate customers on the value of the gear that they're sitting on. You'd be, ama you'd be amazed what sells. And so if anybody has some, you know, whether it's golf clubs, tennis rackets, uh, like I said, hockey, lacrosse, skiing, if you post it, you'd, you'd be amazed what sells. We what's the weirdest, the what's the weirdest thing that's sold through your, I, I, I'm really nervous about asking this question, but what is the weirdest thing that's sold through your platform? We try to avoid uh, jock straps, but they're the, uh, for the most part, uh, I, you know, it's not, I, there's nothing crazy off the top of my mind. Honestly, some of the more fun items is that we see kids selling beats, headphones and iPhones and some more accessories because, and vineyard vine shirts and you know, all types of apparel, any training apparel, um, the, because the, the mentality is we're reaching a very young customer who's never sold online before. So if they have success selling their hockey skates, why not list some of the other stuff in their house that they know these people will buy? So we actually had somebody sell an Instagram account through, through our site, um, that, that they built a large following and wanted to sell it to, to another kid who wanted to take it over. So interesting things like that. Um, nothing crazy weird, but, uh, there's definitely some interesting behavior going on with a young demo. Yeah, this is uh, this to me is uh, Brennan such an interesting story because when you look at like when you actually study how eBay got created, it didn't just like pop up as a site to sell stuff. They did what you did. They started with a super targeted demo, and then they dispensers and beanie babies. Yes, exactly. It was beanie yeah. babies, really. And what happened was it start. They just watched what people did and grew with it, right? So like someone thinking I want to be the next PayPal, like you're doing it the right way, which is attack a like a a very specific niche and. And see what happens so what does the next five years look like for you i mean if you start seeing people sell vineyard vine stuff do you become like a better rent or runway for like young college athletes um I mean, the way we think about it is we want to be a resource for every sports family uh and so that means we help them make money on the extra stuff in their house when we're starting with sports gear mm -hmm. uh we think we're going to build a, a a large sporting goods brand um, and then helping them turn the gear that they have into cash. So, right. So whether it's selling or buying, we think we could be a resource for a sports family, but we, we want to build the best possible shopping experience for athletes. That means, you know, there's, there's all sorts of stuff sold in Dick sporting goods. And we want to make sure we pad out our inventory to provide that range of selection. Um, but that's it. I mean, it's really build, build the best shopping experience for sport, the sporting goods consumer and be a resource for sports families. And there's, there's a ton that we could do to, uh, before we reach that goal. What's the average order value? It's around, it's, it's increasing, but it's around 80 bucks. Interesting. Okay. 80 bucks. Is that a prime thing? Like, is that a key focus for you to increase that value or not really just increase number of things listed? 
Yeah, we, we focus more on increasing the number of things listed. You know, it's weird because it's the end of the day, you, you want to help people save money. So uh, by certain focusing on certain categories, we could control that a little bit more, but uh, we pay attention to it. We're less focused on driving it up in the short term. Got it. And last month, so that would have been what, May of 2017, um, how many buyers sold something and how many sellers bought something just to get a sense of velocity? Uh, the, see, we had probably, you know, 3000 buyers, about 1500 sellers something Got it. in that range. Got it. Dude, fascinating. So you, right before we talked, uh, right before we started the show, you talked about funding. So I think last time you came on, you had only raised, I think 120 grand seat, or I think that was from 500 startups, right? Right. Yeah. So where are you at today? Uh, we raised 1.8 million last summer and raised a little bit more money this spring. It looks like we'll, we'll raise in total. It's going to end up being around 3 million to date. Okay. 3 million today. And so like walk me through, I mean, what do those negotiations sound like? You know, I get a lot of people on here who are B2B SaaS. We know what those sound like, but a marketplace is different. Like what's the question that a VC asks you that just pisses you off every time. Cause you know, they're just trying to trap you and it's a bullshit number that doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there, most questions are fair. You need to be able to defend your business. Um, we, the most challenging ones for us are that we have to focus on are just really um, the market size and, and how big will this actually get? We're creating almost a new, I mean, no one's doing this, right? Like there's some brick and mortar models that, that have been pretty large. eBay has this large sporting goods category, but a standalone sporting goods marketplace is really what we have to convince people that we, we truly believe that there will be a sporting goods marketplace, that this category is well, you know, plenty big enough to support one, uh, probably a billion dollar marketplace. And we look at things like Poshmark and women's fashion or Reverb uh, marketplace for music equipment, which are super fast growing marketplaces in their categories uh, that are peer to peer and have a lot of similarities to what we're doing. And so we look up to them, um, but also think, so, th so that's the, the big sale of, of what we have to get people um, to believe with us. And what are, you, what's your, what are you growing at month over month right now? Uh, we grew 30% month over month. Last month was a big month. We're around 20% for the year. Okay. And what uh, is that total transaction volume? I guess it's the same thing, transaction volume or revenue. Yeah, they're pretty close. The, the average order value doesn't change much. So those two both are pretty in line. And what, before we wrap up here, give me an update on the team. Uh, where are you guys based and how many? Last time I think you were only three or four. Yeah, so we're at 10. Um, we have our core team uh, in Boston with some some guys in New York. We're uh, probably going to consolidate soon, but we're so far been done pretty well with the distributed team. And uh, totally, rem everyone's remote. Yeah. Oh uh, wow. So no, we have a we have a core team in Boston. Okay. Um, and then there's a couple guys remote as well. Like you're you're at where are you in the valley right now? Uh, I've bounced around to a couple accelerators. I'm in New York at the moment, but I spend a lot of my time in Boston. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year -year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. 
Here's the thing though, this that database, I keep it to myself, it's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. All right, guys, I talked about this earlier, but I schedule like so many meetings that would blow your mind. I mean, all my podcast interviews, right? Hundreds of entrepreneurs I talk to monthly, I schedule. And you know what? I do it so efficiently. I get them all to agree to my calendar. So all the calls are back to back to back. That means I'm not switching in between tasks all day long. I get them to batch so that can be very efficient. It's so critical. I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling to do this at nathanlacka.com forward slash schedule. It eliminates the back and forth between me and people I'm trying to meet with. It makes it very simple. And most importantly, they help me keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders. Helps you look very professional. So go to nathanlacka.com forward slash schedule to sign up and you get a great deal. You know, you guys know this. I hit people hard. I make great deals. And Gavin, the CEO, has given us a great deal. If you sign up like normal people, okay, on their website, you only get a 14-day free trial. If you use my link, nathanmaka.com forward slash schedule, you get 45 days free. Okay, it's the best. It's free. Go to nathanmaka.com forward slash schedule right now to sign up. And I'll see you there. That's awesome, man. Brendan, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Just finished uh, Simon Sinek's Leaders Eat Last. Was a huge fan of it. Would highly recommend it. Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Uh, we spend a lot of time looking at marketplaces. I'm reading a book on Alibaba right now. So Jack Ma. Yep. Number four, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? Uh, we use Appear for video chat. We With a distributed team, we're very active in Slack and, and using Appear. So those are both really helpful. Number four, how many hours of sleep you get every night? A good six or seven. That's pretty good. That's actually, I was expecting you to say lower, so that's good. What's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? Uh, girlfriend. Girlfriend. So no kids that you know of yet? <laughs> no. All right, good. And how old are you, Brendan? 29. All right, last question. Take us back nine years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um that I, I should have been I, I wish i knew to be more proactive and entrepreneurial at school at, while i was in college and i don't think it, you need to start a business but um, being actively engaged in a leader in organizations on campus and creating things uh, gives you incredible experience from organizational management marketing um, so it doesn't matter what you do but i, I probably could have done more of that while i was on campus there you guys have it from Brandon, one of the founders of Sideline Swap that came on over a year ago, had done uh, had done uh, a small amount of transaction volume, around 400 grand. They're now over $3 million in total transaction volume, of which $2 million has come in the first few months of 2017. They make money by taking 12% of that transaction volume. They have over 15,000 athletes that are selling their old or lightly used gear on their site, amongst other things. Over 23,000 buyers have bought from those 15,000 sellers is growing about 30% month over month in both transaction volume and revenue with their team of 10 scattered throughout the country, but mainly in Boston. Brendan, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan. Great to be back on. If you enjoyed Brendan today, go back and listen to Eric yesterday. He shares how he built his company on top of cryptocurrency, Ethereum, and Ether tokens and why he did it. 